this is Kevin Dobbs, Associate Markets Editor with Natural Gas Intelligence. Welcome to the Hub & Flow Podcast. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is an independent news and price reporting agency focused on natural gas and LNG in the Americas, primarily in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. I am joined today by Patrick Rao, NGI's Director of Strategy and Research. We are going to discuss the results of NGI's fourth quarter top North American natural gas marketers rankings. Overall, the leading natural gas marketers in North America reported lower sales volumes when compared with a year earlier, extending a trend of year-over-year declines that dates to mid-2019. Several of the largest gas marketers reported the most notable declines as the pandemic continued to weigh on activity. Long-running number one BP, for example, reported a 16% year-over-year decrease in volumes. In the latest survey, half of the top 10 marketers and a dozen companies overall reported lower numbers in the fourth quarter than in the year earlier period. With that as a foundation, welcome to the podcast, Pat. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Great, great. So let's dive into this. You know the trends here as well as anyone. Could you lay the lay out the reasons for us for the continued downward pressure over the past several quarters? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's largely been led by production declines. Fourth quarter to 2020 production fell nearly 6% year over year, according to EIA data. And that's versus uh, year over year fall off of more like 4.5% during the third quarter of 2020. Now, production continues to suffer from the massive drop off in the US rig count, which peaked at close to 800, I should say, in early March of last year. That fell down to a low of 244 in mid August. Now, there's always a several month lag between rig counts and production. So it certainly comes as no surprise that levels continued to fall last year, even with the rebound in drilling activity. On the demand side now, you've also got, uh, we had a little bit of a late start to the U.S. winter in terms of average temperatures, which were during the fourth quarter about 3.5% warmer than normal. Helping to counter that a bit was robust feed gas deliveries into U.S. liquefaction plants. But overall, total U.S. gas consumption was down around 4% year-over-year this past October through December, and that's certainly impacting the fourth quarter 2020 marketer statistics as well. And one possible other thing going on here is that, and I have no documentation to prove this per se, but with the growing ESG momentum going on in the United States, there could just be some lower volumes that are being traded by some of the major companies, particularly some of those European-based companies that you mentioned. Okay, so a lot of the backdrop here, of course, is the pandemic. That's not everything, but it's part of it. And that's still affecting the U.S. economy, still affecting the global economy, despite some improvements and some optimism around vaccines and, and expectations for better times ahead. But as far as just looking ahead to, to the first quarter prospects and maybe even into the second quarter a little bit, I'm interested in your near-term outlook. Do you, do you think that we'll continue to see this uh, downward trend continue at least through the first half of this year? I do, yes, uh, but primarily in the first quarter of the year. I mean, we certainly do expect that the first quarter 2021 market of volumes will be down again, led once again by production. You know, we see that during the first quarter of this year, we estimate that production should end up averaging around 92 BCF a day in the United States, and that would be down roughly 3% or so year over year. Current production is more like 93 bees a day, and we note that the second quarter of 2020, that averaged 90 bees a day. So if current production levels extend into next quarter, we should see actually a positive year-over-year impact from production during the second quarter 21 market rankings, but we're just not going to get that for this quarter. 
Okay. On the demand side, we did get a bit of a boost in demand in February, as we all know, from the Texas freeze, and that's going to help. But we don't think that's going to be enough to likely cause an overall increase in quarter number one, 2021 market or volumes, or at least to any significant extent. Okay. Now, uh, sticking with that uh, near-term theme, but extending it out a little bit, uh, we expect that U.S. natural gas production should be flattish in the next two years or so, at least. Throw some statistics behind that. We note that Bloomberg, in their consensus production for publicly traded companies for natural gas for the year 2022, they actually have that down one-tenth of a percent versus 2021. So that gives you an idea there of what the momentum or lack thereof is in natural gas production among publicly traded producers. Matador Resources, for example, you know, they announced during their most recent conference call that they were going to add a rig this year, and they did it because they want to accelerate the development of their Permian acreage in advance of any potential you know, decrease in uh, federal permitting bans, permits rather, on, uh, on federal acreage, excuse me. And their stock actually took a kind of a big hit for that. You know, it's a, it's, it's a fairly innocuous and prudent thing to do. It very well could be in the light of if there's a reduction in those permits that are allowed. But the investment community just shows that they are resolute in not having publicly traded companies adding rigs right now. The growth that we've seen in production, it's likely going to be driven more by private operators. You know, we know that the U.S. rig count is back uh, above 400, and uh, the U.S. frac spread, it just hit 200 for the first time since April last year. We see that credit markets are opening back up again to producers. There's been a surge in debt financing so far this year. You know, and a lot of that's going to be used just to help to right-size balance sheets and to help to refund debt, lower cost of capital, et cetera. But certainly some of that's going to be earmarked for the drill bit among the privates as well. And, you know, we're seeing other evidence of increases in, in activity, not just the rig counts and the, the frac spreads, which are the obvious ones, but costs are starting to rise again. You know, we know from the latest Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas, they had a poll that indicated that producers now believe they need $52 WTI to drill a new well, and that's up 6% year over year. In addition to that, the, the Fed noted that their employment index, the Fed of Dallas, I should say, they noted that their employment index turned positive in the first quarter of 2021, and that's the first time that's happened in two years, and that's being led by oil field service firms. So we are seeing some signs of overall increases in production activity, but that's largely limited again to private operators. And as a whole, they can still comprise less than half of total industry natural gas production in the United States. Now, shorter term demand, turning to that side, I mean, we certainly expect that that should be helped by the eradication of COVID. And you know, fingers crossed that that continues to progress. And we also note that European storage, gas and storage, it's just 30% full right now. And that's versus 56% last year and 40% at this time two years ago. So this should help lower the number of U.S. LNG cargo cancellations we see in 2021 versus last year. Now, keep in mind that Europe is the so-called last resort for global LNG and it's a big driver behind feed gas deliveries to U.S. liquefaction trains. And LNG can account for as much as 15% of U.S. LNG demand on certain days. So we think that all U.S. players would be wise to keep a close eye on European storage levels. And that's actually something that we track very closely in our new LNG Insight publication. So all in all, we do expect some slight improvement in oil and gas activity in 2021 in the United States, but certainly nothing extraordinary. LNG has been a, a 
a positive of late, holding pretty steady above 11 BCF on a lot of days here in March. Mm-hmm. So early indications would, you know, just where where we stand right now would support exactly what you're saying. Would you expect that to continue through the summer months and, and be a, a source of support for gas prices through the summer? Well, certainly that low storage balance in Europe is going to be a help for that. But the global economy that drives an LG, it's very much driven by weather as well. And we don't know what those weather patterns are going to be just yet. Right. So, you know, still some unknowns that are there. But I can say is that the, the fundamentals do look more supportive for LNG exports coming out of the United States this year than last. I mean, LNG, it's not a, it's not really a base load. It's still seasonal. There's still some cyclicality to it. And it's just going to depend on the weather. And it's obviously it's a little bit too early to tell that. But from where we can see things right now, things do look better in terms of LNG exports throughout the whole year from the U.S. Okay. So more of a, a specific to our survey and the, and the year-over-year comparisons, of course, if we do come out of the pandemic and things do improve on, on the demand side and, and production picks up some as well, you would expect that at least on a year year-over-year comparison basis, we would start comparing things from a post-pandemic world to a pandemic world, and, and the comparisons might start to look better simply because of that. Is that a fair way to fair Yeah, a- abs- absolutely. I mean, I agree with that. Post-pandemic, really, on the demand side, and I just talked about this a little bit with the global weather, but we really need to get back to more traditional demand cycles. And those, of course, are largely weather-driven. But, you know, they're going to be driven more by global demand for natural gas now that the United States has entrenched itself as a major LNG player. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite a few U.S. LNG trains came online the last two years. But COVID kind of undermined the statistical impact of that. But going forward, you know, we think that the vagaries of global weather, you know, not just U.S. weather, but global weather, will start to impact our market ranking comparisons in the quarters ahead. Also note that, you know, like U.S. production tends to be much smoother, at least relative to demand. But we expect U.S. production growth is going to slow in the coming years. So net net you know, comparisons in our market rankings, this is likely going to be driven much more by demand than by supply post COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's really a market switch from the last 10 to 15 years when production growth was the main driver. Okay. So you mentioned we talked about the the near term and the shift a bit to LNG. What just maybe a little talk a little bit about your thoughts longer term over you know the next decade really when when we're looking at LNG and the influence it'll have. Ah, that's the big question on everyone's mind. Sure, um, you know it, it's a great question, and I think the answer really sort of depends on what your view of sustaining momentum is. I mean, if if the question is kind of when will the U.S. gas market return to normal? You know, perhaps the answer to that is never, because we expect the gas market to be structurally different in the U.S. going forward. And this leads into your question about the next decade. I mean, from comparison purposes, know that in the United States, 2018 and 2019 were both massive growth years for this industry. But those really are atypical years. I mean, there's a lot of initial LNG that came on during those years. There was a rise in production et cetera, you saw you know, close to double-digit percentage gains for the industry in those two years. We're not likely going to see that happen anytime soon, if at all. Look at production, for example. In the United States, between the years 2006 and 2019, production grew at a cumulative annual growth rate, or CAGR, of closer to 5%. Yeah, maybe call it more like 45 somewhere in that range. And you know, we picked 2006 because that was the year that shale production really started to make an impact on production in the country. So we weren't just cherry picking numbers here. I mean, I think that 
2006 is the beginning of the new unconventional industry in the U.S. So that CAGR was 5% from those years. But, you know, we think that's going to be closer to maybe a 2% CAGR through the end of 2030. So obviously a dramatic impact on the production side. Mm-hmm. On the demand side for the rest of this decade, you know, I think U.S. demand is going to be largely driven by exports. And that primarily, again, will be LNG with a bit of pipeline exports to Mexico, you know, a little bit more of those as well. But for this to happen, really, Kevin, I think that, you know, the second wave of LNG buildouts in the United States is crucial. But for that to happen, one, the economics have to dictate it. Two, I think U.S. producers of LNG, they've got to be more conscious of ESG concerns. And they're fully aware of that. But producing LNG is a very methane-intensive process. Some of these new projects are taking much more advanced steps to doing things like carbon capture, et cetera, like that. You know, carbon-neutral LNG is becoming a hot topic. So there are certainly some ESG concerns that need to be addressed. But the developers of the projects, you know, they are certainly pushing the envelope on that. You've got another factor coming in is that, you know, look, renewables are going to continue to take market share from natural gas. And that's, I don't think that comes as a surprise to anybody, but it could have, it should have a material impact on demand for US LNG. So, I mean, excuse me, for natural gas. So that just makes US LNG all the more important over the next decade. And quite frankly, that's just another reason or main reason why we published our LNG Insight publication or started that two years ago. Mm-hmm. An effort to try to help to bring some uh, order to the global gas market to the U.S. focused uh, buyers and sellers, but that's my take on that. Great, great. Well, I appreciate the time today, Pat. Uh, good discussion. And uh, with that, allow me to wrap up by noting that NGI presents this podcast to help our subscribers make more informed business decisions about markets and the developments and news that drive them. To read our full report and view the latest marketer rankings, please visit and subscribe to NGI at naturalgasintelligence.com. Thanks again, Pat. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. All right, you too.